0: Coming up on NBL Now, a lot of discussion about Bryce Cotton. Once again, we pick up that conversation. And are there any concerns about the Perth Wildcats? Will Melbourne United manage their minutes in the back end of the season? Must win game for the Brisbane Bullets on Friday night. And if we want to fast forward to Sunday, Sydney and Illawarra is going to be enormous. That is all coming up on Thursday's edition of NBL Now. It is the 8th of February. We are just about to start the second last round of the regular season. And wow, there are some fascinating games up for grabs. But some big talking points as well. I'm Jack Heverin, as always, on a Thursday alongside Pete Hooley. Pauls, why don't we start with the Perth Wildcats? Because the GOAT, Andrew Gaze, spoke on Western Australian radio yesterday and said that he does have some concerns about the Wildcats' ability to win if Bryce Cotton's not scoring big. Your thoughts? I mean,
1: it's, we've seen it, right? We've also seen the struggles early on in the season when Bryce went through that almighty slump that we're, no one questioned his greatness and that he'd get out of it. It was just a matter of when, not if. Uh, and when he did break out of it, he put together an MVP season. What happens next is I think a lot of people watching, a lot of teams watching are going to take some ideas out of, especially Illawarra, the way they went about defending him uh, and try and implement that. The positive is for Perth is Keanu Pinder's been playing really well of late. and you go back to. Uh, they played against the underman Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, and that's it. Looked like the counterpinner of old, and if he's starting to get back to his groove in terms of being that high-level double-double guy going into finals, that's the perfect situation for Perth because you can feed him a lot more often in games, especially early, and then Bryce Cotton can kind of pick his spots until he gets into that rhythm and then do his thing and turn it on and take over games. So you understand what Gaze saying, of course. He's been an MVP this season, Bryce Cotton, and. The scoring level he's had is enormous, but who else is there? I think Keanu Pinders won, Hiram Harris. Those guys are going to have to look to maybe score a little bit more, but to be honest, maybe it's a little more of an opportunity for Alex R to come mm. in and, and play a bit more extended minutes, but also to kind of hunt his own shot and try and get some points on the board.
0: So that's what I wanted to ask you. Obviously, Cotton is the man. Pinders had a really good second half of the season, and we've spoken on this show about how it looks like now he's worked out how to play within that Perth system. Who's the third banana, for lack of a better term? So if, if Bryce is being guarded really closely or, or, you know, and we'll get to that in a second, if Pinder's playing well, who is that, the third cog who can really drag them along?
1: Well, we've seen it in different spurts, right? The way teams are defending Ty Webster, the way teams are, de- are like disrespecting him basically on the offensive end, and, and he can get his own when he wants to. He's been really good uh, this season at picking his spots and understanding when the team needs scoring. Um, I do think it could be Alex Sarr coming off the bench, and we you know he's a mismatch on both ends. And defensively, he's a beast. But uh, you can give him the role, rock, uh, rock down low. You can give him in the pick and pop situation. You can step out and shoot the three. And I also said this on a call a few weeks ago. I think Corey Webster's going to have a big say in Perth's finals campaign. If, if they're playing a three-game series, if they're playing a five-game series, and say that another team tries to go at Bryce like we've seen of late, and and he's having that little bit of a struggle, he's three of twelve from the field or whatever. You throw Corey Webster in there for extended minutes, He is a, he's a bucket. He's been a bucket his entire season. He understands what needs to be done, and all of a sudden, all you've got to do in those moments, if you're Perth, is find another avenue to tick the scoreboard over. So if Keanu Pinder picks up a couple of early fouls, Bryce Collins starts a little bit slow when teams are really attacking him. You throw Corey Webster in there, he's going to keep the scoreboard ticking over, which takes pressure off everybody else, and then Bryce Collins is going to do his thing and, and take over and win a game. So I still envision that to be true. I think that... Corey Webster and, and Ty will have a big say in their championship run. So, Hulls, there's
0: that. And then there's a post that was, well, it's drawn a bit of emotion, let's just say that, from the Red Army. It was discussed originally on overtime around Bryce Cotton and the way that Illawarra and New Zealand have had success guarding him this season. And then the post on the NBL social media platforms around physicality, and is that the best way to stop Bryce? I I, I don't know. I'm not sure any of this is new, is it? It's not new, and to
1: be honest, it's not going to slow down, is it? Because now that it's it's clear that, it, I mean, they've had success. But Illawarra, it was different the way that, yes, New Zealand tried to, to beat him up a little bit more off the ball. New Zealand, uh, Illawarra still tried to do that. But Illawarra also, you go back and watch those games. As soon as Bryce Cotton caught the ball, every other player takes an extra step away from their man, closer to Bryce, so that he sees an entire crowd of Illawarra Hawks jerseys. And when he gives it up, they don't want to give it back. In transition, I remember there was, I think it was a three on two situation or something. And rather than just playing the traditional, okay, I've got to get back and protect the basket. Justin Robinson sprinted straight to Bryce Cotton, who was running to the corner and sat in his pocket. And they said, you know what, if they're going to score two on one, I'm going to, I'd rather that than get Bryce Cotton going. The way that they tried to keep the ball out of his hands and made him see multiple jerseys, I think was the answer that they've had early on. I'm still excited for that last round game. I think that uh, Bryce Cotton will have that circle and I think that Perth will want to try and get uh, that revenge if that game matters for them. If it doesn't, that'll be a different story. But also, the physicality side of things, unfortunately, it's going to happen, but unfortunately, we saw three poor examples of it over the weekend in terms of when you can go a little bit too far. I don't think anyone's trying to hurt anybody, but we guess potentially set... Uh, the, um send a message, and we saw that with uh, Montes's hit, where he's uh, okay. Bryce Cotton's cutting, sticks his rear end out, and, and cleans up Bryce. That's how Bryce got hurt a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, and even the one in the the cans in the Tasmania game, those two, to Jim McCall and Will Magney, bumping the cutters is a thing we've seen as old as time. And if you go back and watch Will Magney the last few rounds, anytime Will Magne is one of the most elite rollers in the game. Rolls down the lane. Multiple bodies are going to be hip-checking him. Uh, And again, he's a bigger unit, so a lot of people are really trying to get into him and bump. And is it uh, illegal in terms of the rules? Yes, it can be a a time when it steps over the line and it is a foul. But other than that, it's just part of basketball, especially when you're great. A lot of people are going to try and rough you up a little bit off the ball. Now, having said that, there's, there's a line to it, but also I think this is the moment where, okay, if you're Hiram Harris, if you're Jesse Wagstaff, if a team does something completely that just goes across the line, that's when you fly your flag. That's what Jesse yeah. stuff did. But unfortunately, I think we're going to see that. And If you're an opposing team and, and you go back, okay, if, if I'm not guarding Bryce Cotton, if I'm guarding Christian Doolittle and Bryce Cotton runs by me, I'm going to have a little bump. I want to just let him know that I'm there. Oh, that's all it is. And you don't want to give away fouls too often because they're all obviously fouls and um, potentially you go too far. It's even more than that. But anytime you see that number 11 jersey, someone's going to try and just put a little bit of a body on him to let him know. If you want to run side to side, that's cool. You're not just having to get rid of one player. You're going to have to run through five players to try and get the ball. And uh, I envision there might be some more physical screen set from the Wildcats, which is what you want to see as well. You've got to try and free up your MVP.
0: Also, don't doubt for a second that Bryce Cotton, as the benchmark, he's also the best problem solver in the competition. He, He... For all of the conversation that's going on, Pete, you can be guaranteed that he will be watching film and he'll be thinking about a way that he can try and make this work.
1: Oh, and I can tell you exactly what's going to kind of happen. So if he gets multiple screens and he understands that everybody's giving him a little bit of a check off the ball, the moment he catches the ball, by the time you've already tried to catch up or somebody's trying to lay a little bump on you, he's already going to have risen up into his shot and you're going to foul him, he's going to hit the three and he's going to have a four-point play. And then what happens then? Everyone takes a little step back saying, okay, we can't foul him again. And uh, he's rising up into his shot. You're right. He is a student of the game. He understands exactly where he can take advantage of it. Uh, And to be honest, uh, yes, you don't want to see him get hurt. You don't want to see them go too far when the the speed he cut when Muntus hit him. But these are the kind of challenges where he, in the back of his mind, is like, okay, if this is how you want to play me going forward, I'm going to rise above it because I do it time and time again. And we're going to be sitting here in a few weeks being like, he's done
0: it again. Yep, I agree. He'll, he'll crack the code, no doubt about it. To Melbourne United, uh, just from a, a man management point of view, we kind of touched on this a little bit yesterday with Ruck. Uh, they've locked away top spot. Not a lot for them to gain out of the, the, the remaining two rounds of the season, except for getting to the point where they can play their best basketball. Do you anticipate that Dean Vickerman, not necessarily will rest players, Pete, but may just manage the minutes amongst this group a little more?
1: Managed minutes, for sure. And that's what Dean Vickerman has done every single year. And why wouldn't you, right? Because especially now with the FIBA break position where it is, no one's going to have any unbelievable momentum going into the finals. It's going to be a level slate, which, to be honest, is kind of exciting to think of. Everybody has a chance to get fully healthy. Everyone's coming in off the same amount of break. And uh, whatever happened previously, whether you've won the last three games, whether you've lost the last three games, everybody's feeling good going into finals. But Dean Vickerman is. He's notorious for, okay, we still want to be playing our best basketball. We don't want to lose the last couple of games when you played so well throughout the year. And no doubt that they want to uh, finish on top with a very uh, attractive record, which is the way they're heading. But you expect guys like Flynn Cameron, guys like Tanner Krebs to play upwards the, the 20 to 25 minutes at times. And uh, unless someone needs to be rested, if there's someone who's 50-50 or even 60-40, you, you wouldn't risk it. But that's what Dean Vickman does because, again, what's the one thing that really holds back a lot of talented teams is, is health in, in finals. And if you can just get a little bit more health uh, that side and get everybody healthy and going into a finals run, then that's exactly the way that you should approach it. But, yeah, I don't think anybody will sit out. I, I expect the minutes to just be uh, nicely shared amongst the team whilst also playing the right way. Um, and to be honest, I think we're going to see a lot of new plays from these top teams. Once mm. the, the ladder positions are figured out, you're going to start to say, I haven't seen that, because they're going to just test the waters and say, okay, we get got a championship series here, we get got a semifinal series. What kind of things can we throw? What's our ace up our sleeve? And I'm looking forward to watching all that unfold.
0: No Thursday night game this week. Normally, it's about now on, on this show that we start to take a look at what's coming up tonight, but there is no game tonight. So let's jump ahead to tomorrow. Um, the Brisbane Bullets have lost three of their last four, Pete. We're talking about Melbourne being in the right form at the right time. Complete opposite of the ledger for the Brisbane Bullets. They've had some tough games, but... They're losing games at the wrong time of year, which takes us to Friday night when they play the Adelaide 36ers, who are all but done when it comes to playing contention. They need everything to go right. Let's just focus here on the Bullets. What needs to change? Because they've got two games to go and reality says that they probably need to win both.
1: It, yeah, it's been interesting. It's been such a roller coaster season for the Bullers because when they've been playing well and, and we're all up and about, we're seeing them in the top four. We're thinking, okay, this team is starting to put it all together. We know that the signing of Casey Prather, but that game against Illawarra was—it was, uh, was a little bit concerning because again, every game matters. We know that this this NBL twenty four season is is crazy. You can't predict any of it, but they just kind of looked as though, okay, if if we go out there and if we lose this one, we've got another chance. Well. You kind of have to play like the season's on the line every game, but even more so, that was just disappointing to see in Illawarra. I mean, the 10 points in the fourth quarter, and it's not like take nothing away from Illawarra. They were the better team by far. It wasn't like Illawarra's defense. You looked at it like, man, they were just stifled. They were everywhere. They were up and in. They were forcing tough shots. It was kind of like Brisbane just had a back step, backward step and thinking, okay, well, we'll throw it up. This might go in. They struggled to shoot from the three. That was the big obvious one. Um, and I'm sure Justin Shuler is saying now, well, there is no choice. Now Now the season is on the line, so we've got to show up. And um, again, this is with Adelaide losing. Adelaide can play a bit of a, a party pooper here and try and go out there and say, well, if we can't play finals, neither can Brisbane and we'll get somebody else in the playing tournament that wants to be there. So this is, yeah, besides a, a must win, it's I think it's a mindset thing for them. And Justin Shuler has been really good in that, getting them to respond when they have to. And I've got a feeling that With the season being on the line, we're going to see a different Brisbane roll out than we did against Illawarra.
0: Well, they need to. And that game's Friday night. It's a huge one. That's after New Zealand and Illawarra. So Friday night is going to go a long way to potentially starting to shape what the play-in and the playoff calculations look like. And then you jump to Sunday, Halls. It's hard not to get excited. I'm going to be there. I'm very excited for it. About Sydney versus Illawarra at Kudos Bank Arena, a very big crowd expected. Let's not forget that Illawarra went to Sydney on Christmas Day and won. But we're at a stage now where, and if you play around with the ladder predictor, and I'll ask you about yours in a moment, there's a world where the Sydney Kings are in trouble if they don't win at least one of their remaining games. And then there's a world where they could finish sixth. So Sunday, for a whole bunch of reasons, this this game is such a big one for the Kings.
1: I mean, the first reason is exactly what you said. On the Christmas day, that kind of started the Illawarra Hawks charge from there. That that got the emotion behind it. And again, you talk about a rivalry. This continues to build up and uh, they want to get revenge, no doubt there. But Sydney just want to play their best basketball because again, we've seen when when they're up and about what they did against Melbourne United. Then we saw the, the game a couple of days before that. Uh, against an undermanned Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, where they laid an almighty egg. So, it's what Sydney are we going to get? I think that emotion side of things is going to help them going into it because, yes, you talk about they could in an unbelievable world miss out. I think they'll be there. And I think that yeah. uh, it's more so the emotion side of things. Okay, Illawarra came in on our home floor and got a win on Christmas Day in front of our friends and family. Like, that, that's not okay. And that's not the way that we want to respond. And they want to kind of send a message and Jalen Adams, um, the way Jalen Galloway, Denzel Valentine, I think everybody's going to take a lot more pride in this game and they're going to go out there and try and send a message to Illawarra um, because it, and there is a way to win the Illawarra, missing out. So imagine that if Sydney, after everything, yes, you win on Christmas Day, but Sydney start Illawarra's downfall in the last couple of weeks, that's going to feel good for Sydney. They're not going to care about Christmas Day. They said, no worries. Well, we're in the playing tournament. You're watching from the couch. So all of that will be playing on Sydney's mind. And it's a challenge for both teams. That's going to be a cracker.
0: Now, we're back in the lab this morning. Liam Santamaria and I are going to get back in the run home lab and try and work out the last two games of the season. And we're going to play around with the Mitsubishi Motors ladder predictor as well. We're going to try and do this in real time and work through the different permutations. What about you, Halls? I know you well enough to know that you would have spent an enormous amount of time in front of this ladder predictor.
1: Oh, it's very, it's a great addition, isn't it? And I've seen a lot of people saying, "Well, we need this all season." Well, that's that's the idea. We we roll it out there as, as soon as we can. We're going to try. That's the fun part of it. Um, as it stands, the way it's it's impossible to predict. That's the beauty of this season. Again, if uh, if Melbourne and Perth decide to rest. A couple of players, or they decide to take their foot off the gas ever so slightly. Does that give some wins to some opposition? But right now, I have Sydney, New Zealand, Illawarra in there. I think Brisbane and New Zealand will come down to percentage. Uh, Brisbane and Illawarra will come down to percentage. And I think Illawarra's got that healthy one over, over Brisbane as it stands. I still think I'm still high on New Zealand. I think Fin yep. will have a huge part of this now that he gets back. Yes. The worst possible situation for them with Anthony Lamb, and and I saw the press conference too on that with Motti Mayo saying he has some exciting things to come, which in your mind you're already thinking as soon as this NBL season finishes that he's landing on an NBA roster, right, for the end end of the season. So that's just that's horrific news, but uh, enjoyed watching him play, and I think he'll be rewarded the right way on an awards night. But I think New Zealand will get in there. I think Sydney and Illawarra, which uh, does paint a a nice picture. You probably if that does come to fruition, you've probably got the six informed teams heading towards the uh, the end of the season. That's what we want to see in a play-in tournament and a semi-final series.
0: There's a big chance that Sydney and Illawarra cop each other in a play-in game as well, which is going to be very, very exciting. Hey, Halls, well done. Nice work by you. We'll hear you across the weekend. Two rounds to go. It's very exciting. Thanks, mate. Looking forward to it. Before we go as well, a reminder as well, Mitch Creek has a brand new podcast. It's called The Performance Circus with Beck Cole, one of the stars of the WNBL, If you want some ideas on being your best self, this is the podcast for you. This week, they catch up with Dyson Heppel. You can just jump on and search Performance Circus wherever you get your podcast. It is absolutely fantastic and it's available now. Thanks for being with us. We'll catch you tomorrow.